0: Hello, I'm Ryan Cook, and this is Civic Tech Chat, a podcast about the civic technology movement. We seek to harness the power technology has to improve the delivery of public services to people everywhere. Before we get into the episode, I do want to give you that friendly reminder that if you've liked this content so far, you should hop on over to your podcast app to give us a five-star review. Doing so helps us reach a broader audience and helps motivate folks like me to make more of these episodes. So really a win-win. All that said, let's go ahead and hop right in. Stephen, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Civic Tech Chat. Could you take a moment to tell us a bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. Uh, uh,
1: Thanks, Ryan. Um, My name is Dr. Stephen Kleinschmidt. I am the director of the new Master of Science in Civic, Civic Analytics program at the University of Illinois uh, at Chicago. It's a new data science program in the public sector. Uh, I've been slated to lead that. I had uh, a lead role in helping to develop it. And uh, I guess we'll kind of iron out a lot of this uh, <laughs> in this kind of uh, uh, coming conversation.
0: One of the things we ask about often on these episodes is about this idea of personal why. So Stephen for you, what is it that drives you to get out of bed each morning and do what you do? I could
1: say that uh I've always been a bit of a builder that my interest in the public sector and 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 data science and just broadly has been when I see a need, I see uh something that I think should be done that you know, often other people will, you know, people will stand around and say, "Oh, it would be nice if somebody did that." You know, you know, it would be great if this were to happen. I've always kind of been Kind of in that role of well if not me then then who uh, and and if not now then when so I guess that's one thing that's kind of typified um, not only the creation of this degree but some of the other things I've done um, I, I created this conference uh, known as the Midwest Public Affairs conference uh, I created an open I uh, had, had a uh, important role in founding this uh, an open source. Uh, academic uh, open access academic journal in public affairs called the Journal of Public and Nonprofit Affairs. Uh, I've got other things that I've kind of got in the chute. That uh, yeah, just this idea of when you see a need and you see an opportunity to lead and to build things that that may have value for for the public sector and for your field. I think that's kind of um, my my mode of operation and and what that's what drives me is being a builder.
0: As you've gone along the way, have you come across any pieces of media, be they print, video, a podcast or or some other thing that you found to be especially inspiring or informative?
1: Um I guess uh, coming into this the sort of Chicago civic technology space, um you know, I'd say probably one of the first and and ultimately uh uh, informative type of institutions that I ran across with shy Hacknight um, just super interested in you know when I arrived here that uh, you know I'd, I'd kind of interacted with some smaller dispersed uh groups and initiatives that met online and stuff like that but i was really kind of blown away with their uh the degree of their capacity and organization and uh uh the innovation that was shown kind of in that uh in those spaces um i guess as as kind of traditional media well i don't know if you call them traditional media but uh i've always been a fan of uh elgl gov uh, engaging local government leaders uh has their own podcast series that uh GovLove that helps uh Um, inform people about what's being done in local government. I I guess that's coming from my experience as being a former urban planner and local government practitioner. Um, And also uh, for those of you who are kind of interested in sort of the academic realm of public affairs and public administration, there's a podcast series known as academics of PA um, that, uh, has gotten some pretty good talent, you know, some high level people, you know, uh, thought leaders and researchers in the field of public administration and public affairs to go on and sort of talk about their motivations and their careers and stuff like that. And uh, I thought that that's been a pretty interesting uh, uh, thing as well. So, so yeah, just uh, those, those are kind of my choices is the things that have kind of uh, inspired me both in the past and uh, these days.
0: I definitely appreciate you sharing those resources with us and as always uh, I'll uh, go out and gather some links for the things that were mentioned here and they'll be in the episode description. To give the listener a little bit of context about the conversation we're about to have, uh, could you tell us a little bit about the path you've taken thus far and how it's led you to where you are today? Getting on the path of of this uh of information sciences,
1: uh, I was always interested in technology and and kind of playing with tools and stuff like that, uh, uh, you know, computer-based things, even back in high school. But uh, I originally went to college. I started off as a computer science major. Uh, I moved to geography and GIS. Uh, Later, I'd become an urban planner. And uh, I think, in part, it was that experience that informed me to get into academia, is just seeing this kind of combination of technology, public sector applications and, and data and seeing how it was used. Uh, before I came to UIC, I was a professor at Western Michigan University in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Uh, I, I taught in the the, the public uh, school, public administration affairs there. So I guess it's been kind of this path that has always kind of intersected with uh, an interest in serving uh, the public, um, kind of an interest in education, but also technology. And I think that's kind of uh, uh, you know, in getting here to getting here to UIC and seeing my my roles change. That, uh, I got here, kind of, to you know, was hired to be the director of the Master of Public Administration program, and then saw this strategic opportunity f- to create a public sector data science degree program. And our our department, school, and ultimately the Illinois Board of Higher Education bought into this this vision. And now I'm the director of this now. So I think in in, in some terms that I think not only for me but for probably people who are listening to this is that you probably felt something in the in your past that. I love technology. I love data. I love that environment, but I also love to do good things in the public interest. And that's, I think, the kind of long game that, that ended up being, you know, ending with the creation of this program that, that's launching and stuff like that. And I think that, that kind of mindset probably appeals to quite a few of your listeners uh, being here in the civic technology community.
0: I, I do believe that's probably the case. And I think that's a really good way to, to segue us into our, our main topic here, which is that civic analytics program that you were referring to there in your answer. Sure. To, to get us started about that, could you give us the the like high-level description or elevator pitch uh, kind of thing for uh, what this program is all about?
1: Yeah, I guess in the the very short, uh, you know, the big data for the public sector, data science for the public sector, that uh, a new type of public servant that is anchored in uh, the traditions of uh, applied statistics data science uh, and uh but also trained within the particular constraints, culture, and democratic realities uh behind public institutions so um so in in a contrast to the private sector you know focused on on um, economic maxim- maximization and Business development and other things like that. Our 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 mission is very much to take these technologies and apply it to to the public interest and and be able to create a more accountable and uh, efficient government.
0: I imagine your work in in putting a program like this together was something that took quite a bit of time investment, energy investment, and intention on your part as well as the parts of others. Could you tell us a little bit about the the why for your want to uh, put together a program like this? Sure. Um, I guess, uh, in part, uh, we've ha- already
1: kind of anchored the idea of, uh, of of having a program like this. We had an existing uh, Master of Public Administration degree that had a concentration in information technology and performance measurement that uh, already had some of these courses, um, that already had some of these, uh, uh, or at least had uh, smaller versions of this course, uh, uh, coursework and, and course sequence. And um, I think it was in part because of some of the faculty in our college, the interest of students uh, kind of man- uh, looking at the trends in the field and some of the the movement of, of early actors in public data science and uh, and just really getting this, this idea, you know, with such an engaged civic technology community and such a significant number of organizations and uh, innovators in this space here in Chicago, we really felt that we had a... Um, strategic opportunity to do something that had not really been fully expo- you know, explored in the field and, and something that had not been kind of done before, so I think in part the strategic opportunities that you know we, we you know have this this great city we have this you know the benefit of of an active civic technology uh, community we have uh, all these institutions private public um, nonprofit sector institutions that are engaged in this space, so we really felt that it would be It would be great to be able to, to to offer a unique educational experience that nobody else has done and kind of position ourselves as leaders um, in in sort of the uh, this this intersection of civic technology and uh, uh, data analytics.
0: You mentioned there were some trends in uh, public uh, data science that helped nudge you along to to come to the conclusion that this was a was a need. Could you talk a little bit more about those
1: sure um i'm I've, I've been uh kind of doing some research on this for a White paper for one of our accrediting bodies, so I've kind of been. It was lucky; just had this kind of <laughs> in my head uh, as of late. Um, so you know, as you know, we've we've been growing as an information society for for quite a while now. You know, uh, and um, when it comes to academic programs in data science, ever since two thousand seven, when the first master's programs in data analytics was was begun, we've seen this sort of explosion of degree programs and. Uh, Employment opportunities uh, in in data science, kind of agnostic of sector, or you know, in in the private sector and and whatnot. Uh, starting in around uh, twenty fourteen, you start the you saw the rise of early entrance, uh, early kind of uh, programs that that wanted to establish this, uh, you know, that they were seeing significant opportunity, uh, uh, need for people who are specifically trained in. Uh, principles of data science, uh, you know, in part to be able to better utilize government data to to deal with some of the, the same technologies and uh, regulatory considerations that were being driven by the, the private sector and stuff like that. So I, I think it was in part, just the need for the public sector to catch up where society was kind of, you know, particularly the private sector was was running full speed; that the public sector was kind of uh, just lagging a little bit behind um, in kind of a responsive mode. But yeah, I guess it's this. Uh, we definitely see the need for this; these types of 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 people and and uh, and organizations and employers. You see the rise of, you know, new agencies. Uh, you know, like city information offices, new positions for people who optimize uh, transit routes, uh, people who are working in in the nonprofits that depend on on government derived and open data and even generate data themselves and stuff like that. So we fundamentally see this 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 rise of, you know, uh, you know, increasing quantification in case increasing digital services, the adoption of uh internet of things and sensor networks and automatically uh, reported and uh, real-time data streams and other things like that. And these methods are just simply not the type of things that you would typically get within a traditional public affairs frame of coursework and stuff like that. So we saw the need to create something new and to to help tap into this uh, as well.
0: I, like perhaps many other listeners of the program haven't themselves been involved in the creation of an academic program, uh, much less one that's like in this specific area. Could you talk to us a little bit about like what the process is like to put something like this together?
1: Oh, sure. Uh, so um, particularly at a state institution, there's quite a few, quite a few boards and and committees and subcommittees and and other things that you have to, uh, you have to, uh, uh, to, to do. Uh, so Anytime you start a new degree program you're going to have to justify it based on these principles that are uh, laid out by the offices or the administration that you know there has to be a need that it has to align with the university's mission and and that of the Illinois Board of higher education uh, that you know that you've got to estimate enrollments and uh, you know we want to make sure that we're not just duplicating the same thing that have been done before or uh, or even within the institution, cre- creating different versions of the same program that that kind of just skeletonize each other. So, even at the beginning, it's like you have to do your background research to say here is something that uh, uh, is fundamentally different, and here's the reason why we we think this is something worthy of of dedicating you know an entire educational track to. Uh, there's having to go to other academic units across the university system uh, and and talk to them about, you know, how can we can incorporate some of your coursework um, for students who wanna take electives or are looking for other things like that and, and to assure them that we're not in there, you know, to coming in there to, to sort of to take their space and stuff like that uh, or, or occupy their space, if you will. Then you have to go to a department departmental, commi- uh, departmental committee meeting and convince your colleagues in your immediate department Yeah, this is something we could do. We have the faculty resources. We have um, either have the faculty, or we can hire the people we need to 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 train the you know to run this thing. Uh, We have the resources to make it work and all that stuff like that. Uh, Then it goes up to the college, where all the departments within the college look at those. Uh, Then it then it ends up moving up to the faculty senate, and then um, up to the board of trustees, and uh, has to be approved by you know not only the you know the, the graduate faculty of the the university, but the provost and the chancellor and then, uh, and the board of trustees. And then finally, uh, it goes up to the Illinois Board of Higher Education, which uh, reviews these programs to, you know, before issuing a final type thing. So it's a long drawn out process. And I, I know that many people who might know me from the civic technology space, you know, I started coming to meetups and shy hack nights, you know, almost two years ago. And I said, here's something that we're working on. It's coming down the pipe, you know, and, um, you know, I I don't think anybody got impatient about it, but, you know, it always just seemed like this thing that was far off. But, you know, there's always a tremendous degree of care and process to these type of things. But, you know, you know, we finally got it approved in April or sorry, in August of uh, 2019. And, uh, and and you know, now I'm able to talk about it. and And here we are.
0: So as you went through all of that, uh, were there any lessons learned you picked up along the way that you'd be willing to share with us?
1: You know, irrespective of if you're starting a degree or if you're starting a new organization in the tech space or something like that, um, I think it's really incumbent upon you to bring people aboard. We... We were able to get different uh, uh, members of the civic technology community um, and, uh, and institutions who reviewed our proposal and everything like that. I think it's really important, that you know, if you're going to launch something is that you get buy in from the community itself, that you you do what you can to support them. And don't, you know, don't come in and just stake your flag and say, this is us now that, you know, we're really here. To be part of this community, to contribute to it, both in terms of, of of service and 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 maybe you know you know a financial component as well. But yeah, I think the biggest thing is bring people aboard, let them know what's coming down the pipe, and uh, you'd be surprised how much that how far that goes into helping you get things done.
0: Taking a step back and and looking uh, at the program, maybe from the perspective of someone who's looking at this and kind of trying to to figure out what what it is and what it would mean for them if they were interested in it. Uh, could we talk about the differentiation of a program like this versus something like a public administration program or a public policy program?
1: Traditionally, our programs had been uh, our graduate programs had been anchored by the MPA. Uh, the MPA, the Master of Public Administration, is a degree that is primarily seated in uh, for you know for people who want to to lead government you know public organizations be they government and nonprofits uh you know that they they're they're looking for managerial roles they're looking for leadership roles they're looking for uh kind of positions that have them administering people uh the the type of coursework is things like financing uh, finance and budgeting uh organizational culture and and management uh, ethics uh strategic planning uh, program evaluation uh these type of things that deal with you know that that laws and policies have to be implemented, they have to be staffed, people have to get paid, there are you know procedures, labor relations, all that other stuff like that. So an MPA is pr- very much anchored in that that idea of, of running uh, a public organization. Uh, the master of public policy is a bit different. Uh, it's it's more in terms of crafting solutions to legislative intent. Um, uh, it's there's it's a bit more quantitative generally. It's it's anchored in. Um, Uh, more advanced kind of statistical analysis um, a greater emphasis on program evaluation uh, economics you're much it's a much more technical kind of analyst style position that is is for people who really want to dig into the nuances of, of, of policy and and be able to turn those into you know into uh programs and, and rules and administrative kind of uh, uh, things that are implemented by those in public administration. So that's kind of like, you know, the big, you know, the big picture of, you know, what the MPA and MPP are now swi- switching over to civic analytics is that uh, this is a much kind of different thing and fundamentally Uh, and it's different is that we, we see a lot more of these people that um, they're advanced analysts, that the degree of statistical research method kind of training is, is much more intense knowledge of data science principles, be they sort of database programming languages, web scraping, the infrastructure of data, privacy, uh, ensuring security. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of principles that, that deal with the things that are specific, uh, I think you would find there's quite a bit of overlap say with um, in, in some of the core principles of data science uh, data science field and data science programs that are field and specific um, but but particularly in terms of civic analytics is that it's one of the defining features i you know I feel in the defining features that differentiates this this degree from general principles of data science just as the MPA is fundamentally different from the mba or the master of business administration is that you know our the, the mission of public agencies are so, is so much different you know it's to to ensure uh uh you know the, the public interest to to protect the environment to uh ensure social equity provide uh, you know equitable transport transportation to ensure democracy to protect citizen pri- privacy and stuff like that so in sort of the, the big scheme of things is that the the commitment to the public interest and the public mission is the thing that really defines uh, even civic analytics from other data science programs. And I think that's one of the things that we really want to impart upon, you know, you know people who are listening to this at home, is that you're going to get the data science fundamentals. You're going to get those understandings of those, those principles that you get, but it's like that you're also going to get, a lot of that information, you know, you're going to get a lot of training in government institutions, the nonprofit sector, uh, its culture, uh, civic accountability, um, just a lot of these different elements of the public sector that are that that fundamentally change the nature of the discussions and coursework and, and the methodologies that you're going to use to solve these problems.
0: Looking at the sort of skills that you've you've talked about there, that that come out of that civic civic analytics program. Uh, what sort of career endeavors do you think are are best served by by those gains through the program
1: oh yeah uh so yeah it's quite a bit um that we we foresee that you know the type of people with these skills are going to be desirable uh, you know in, in all sorts of types of government you know uh local state federal large nonprofit um, uh you know even medium sized nonprofits uh government consultancies and um, services uh units and things like that. People are going to have titles like analyst, information officers, you know, senior ones are going to be chief information officers or chief data officers, uh, data specialists, spatial analysts. Uh, we see kind of a rise of data informed journalism. Um, I think uh, ProPublica Illinois has really shown kind of the potential here in kind of the Chicago area that, you know, here's, here's, you know, types of journalism that are informed Directly by relying on open data and FOIA and other things like that, and, and you know, rather than just kind of looking for government documents, but but being able to use government government open data as a way to do investigative journalism is, is something that's uh, of real interest. Uh, nonprofit groups, nonprofit advocacy uh, organizations, um, diplom. Uh, federal government you have people who are you know work in diplomacy some you know perhaps in the national security community and stuff like that so uh, yeah we see uh, you know anywhere there's data in places where where um, data can be optimized it can be improved that it can be integrated across siloed kind of uh you know information silos and units and stuff like that um we we think that there's going to be a need for these um for people in these these kind of positions and we think that uh, looking at some of the estimates that um, various, various units have um, put out there that, you know, there's already a shortage in some of these, um, in these areas. And there's definitely a need for, for people who can specialize on, you know, the the type of methodological rigor that's needed to really make uh, derive use, uh, useful information from the data that government collects.
0: As I was looking around uh, through the, the, the material about this program. Uh, one thing that stuck out to me is that y'all include a course uh, about data science ethics, uh, along with the the others. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about uh, the aims of that sort of course and the intention behind its placement?
1: Yeah. So the idea of, of data science ethics is that um, you know there's all sorts of you know if, if you study kind of theory about. The use of data that you know data doesn't always work the way it's intended it can be misused it can be misapplied it can be selectively disclosed uh it can be leaked um you know databases can be breached uh, because of inadequate security and other things like that and i think that um you know that you know if you're like me from time to time you probably get an email from uh, you know a different either credit monitoring agency or or some sort of service that says that, you know, your, your information might've possibly been, you know, disclosed in a breach, you know, it doesn't matter. It's, you know, if your Facebook account or a dating website or something like that. And, you know, as much as that, as bad as that is, a lot of the times, you know, the remedy is just to, you know, to ensure that, you know, change your password and and all that other stuff like that. But in the public sector, you know, data uh, you know, we have a lot of data that has, you know, substantial role in, in, in our identities as people, be it, you know, social security numbers, health data, military service records, uh, you know, all these type of things lead to, you know, being enrolled or uh, qualification for, you know, they're the, the key to who we are and they're key to our you know, being able to navigate kind of the reality that we live in and stuff like that. So, um, so having, uh, you know, security and, 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 and thinking, you know, those sort of aspects is, is important. But, you know, the ethics of, of how data is used, uh, there's there's kind of this line in in research that has to deal with instru- instrumental rationality and this idea of quantification bias that, uh, that when you create tools that if you digitize everything and you reduce the complexity of the individual down to just uh, another number or another, another line in a spreadsheet or other things like that, that it tends... It tends to become easier for you to make difficult decisions, or when you automate decision making, or you know, you're you're kind of reducing the dimensionality of people from you know from from human beings into just a you know a one or a zero on a spreadsheet, and particularly when you're dealing with you know democracy and democratic institutions and public accountability um, and uh, and and real lives and stuff like that, is that we can't fall into that trap that cognitive trap of just just being well this is what the algorithm proposed you know that you can you can create or widen social or economic inequality you can completely miss entire communities because of surveyed non-response and missing data so our you know uh our our partners and myself, uh, when creating this degree, said that we we absolutely have to anchor this degree in the idea of ethical public service, uh, of understanding the 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 possibilities and 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 the the challenges of, of using some of these tools. And we want to, from the outset, get it in the people's minds that you know that this isn't all just you know this isn't we're not trying to get uh, you know you know we're not selling advertising we're not uh, um, trying to optimize sales records or other things like that. You know, we're dealing with people's lives here and we need to, to have a bit more understanding of the ethical dilemmas that posit themselves when you're using this type of data, you know, in ways that you wouldn't find in the private sector.
0: It sounds like it very much feeds back into some of those uh, skills you were talking about that were like really focused on. I guess, like the public interest part of a program like this. I, I, am I hearing that, that correctly?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, certainly. You know, a lot of the early entrants in this this space of data science, you know, might have came from computer science programs or come from, you know, data information sciences and never really got the chance to contemplate the the sort of complexities of the phenomenon that that they're working at. So I think in some part that that's one of our intentionalities that you know that we can't just focus on the tools themselves, we can't just focus on the methods. Uh, and And just making the most wham bam best visualizations and the prettiest maps and all that other stuff like that is that we really have to understand the depth to which uh, civic technology and and the depth to which these uh, these technologies drive decision making and 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 influence people 's lives and uh, uh, yeah that that commitment to the public interest you know is the core you know, the, you know it's the civic of the analytic, you know, civic analytics compo- component. So we're really looking at what is the nature of c- civil society and civic technology and, and how do we promote the public interest through its use.
0: Speaking of folks that might be looking to enter a program like this uh, from, I would imagine, a varying degree of different backgrounds, uh, what sort of qualities uh, do you all typically look for in a prospective candidate for this program?
1: I guess one of the things about um, the field of public affairs is that we're not, um, you know, that in a lot of fields and disciplines, if you say, if you wanted to get a master's of chemistry, you'd probably, you'd have a bachelor's of chemistry. It would be like the, you know, just the, at a base level is that, that um, you know, that, that sort of prerequisite. Uh, the great thing about public affairs programs to the most part is that, you know, there's such a diverse ma- manifestation of public service that there really isn't perfect majors. You know, there are some tr- traditional feeders like political science, undergrad public policy, economics, sociology, and stuff like that. But, you know, I've taught students who've had degrees in divinity and, and um, you know, French literature and other stuff like that, particularly in our MPA program, because, you know, if if you get a degree in art performance, the best way to kind of make a career out of art performance after you, you know, perhaps uh, stop performing is that you might run a nonprofit or a theater or, uh, some sort of organization. So, you know, teach people to run those things. So, so yeah, so I, you know, not, not rambling on too much, but, um, but we don't have a, at at the outset, a set type, but that being said, the people who I've been interacting with so far since we've announced the program is that we tend to, you know, we find people who, um, in public health, political science, uh, economics, computer science, um, uh, public policy, a bunch of people who've kind of been in this public realm a little bit or, or in the technical realm and that are either looking to understand the appreciation, you know, their computer science or information sciences, people who want to get that, uh, you know, have, have great preparation in coding and statistics and all that stuff and, and really want to to do the, the public affairs side, or you have public affairs people who want to really nerd out on their kind of technical side. But um, yeah i mean we have you know uh, uh you know gpa requirements and uh and stuff like that but i think you know at at a mem- minimum the type of things you know qualities we're looking for people who are inquisitive we're looking for people who have a strong commitment to the public sector we like people who are innovative who are constantly looking for you know just put their neck out a little bit sometimes to to create and you know it's like ah you know i want to create something new i want to uh, I see a way to, to to solve a problem that has been been done before. So I would say I'd say they're less traditional than you know we you, you might find in other kind of public affairs disciplines. But yeah, uh, I also say part of the degree requirement is that you have uh, taken at least you know taken a class in statistics uh, that covers inferential uh, research methods, you know, regression and maybe logistic regression. Uh, because if you're going to get a degree in applied statistics and data science you should have you know at least some experience having taken a course to know that if that that's something for you um we can train you uh on a lot of the elements that you know a lot of the the elements of of public sector data science but uh we also find you know some people if it's evidenced at all throughout the civic technology community there's a there's a tremendous amount of people who self-teach themselves particular technical skills or um supplemental skills you know whether it's taking you know like they know r and they want to learn python or they know python and they want to learn r or they want to learn a particular coding language or something like that so the type of people who you know we can we can teach you a lot of stuff but the 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 network of programs and development environments and visualization tools and stuff like that is constantly evolving so i think people who are innovators but who love to learn and 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 are are self-motivated are really the type of people that we're looking
0: for. For a listener out there that's keen on what they've heard so far and they're they're thinking about this and like, you know, I I think I might be interested in a program like this. What would be the best way for them to voice that interest into to engage with y'all?
1: You know, I'm I'm willing to schedule a call or or Skype or uh you know, respond to questions over emails and stuff like that because I know, you know, this is kind of a different animal than things that have been pr- proposed uh before and and um you know there's not very many public s- sector data science programs so there's going to be a lot of questions just by the, the nature of occupying this space so i'd say you know reach out to me the you know my email address uh swklein or klein at uic.edu um that's one great that's one great way of of Getting in touch with me, I'm you know I'm always happy to answer questions. Um, you know our our website has details about the degree requirements, the curriculum, the uh, admissions procedure, uh, deadlines and whatnot. And I can also direct you to some of our administrative staff who can tell you about you know opportunities for funding, graduate uh, research and teaching assistantships. Um, but also I'd say one thing: um, I manage our department's uh, Twitter account and. I think one thing that that a lot of programs don't always uh, you know that do well uh, exposing is like what is the intellectual life at a university or a particular department like and I've tried to do my best to to show you know who our faculty are who our students are uh the type of events that we 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 hold and host you know we've got our UIC urban forum that's uh coming up next Thursday uh, that that is focusing on the rise of uh, autonomous vehicles, how to regulate them, what sort of policy is needed. Um, so you know, just we have events, we have faculty research, we've got people traveling overseas um, at the moment, and 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 all the time, you know, presenting at conferences and stuff like that. So I'd say, you know, to to look at us not only as a you know this you know this degree-granting program, but but look at the the intellectual life of of the department and and look at kind of what we offer in terms of the whole experience um and the opportunities that we can provide you to to, you know to study but also to integrate you know to
0: become part of this kind of wider public affairs community steven again i want to thank you so much for uh, coming on to civic tech chat Uh, as is tradition with this program we leave a space at the end of the episode for the guest to Tell us, like, what sort of things we should be thinking about as we depart this episode. Uh, so, for you and for this episode, uh, what would that be?
1: You know, I appreciate the opportunity to, to talk about this sort of program. You know, I, I feel very, uh, you know, I'm very pleased to be kind of in this space, and that that you know, a program like this exists uh, for, for those of you out there who, who are looking for you're looking for something that is different. You're looking for something that uh, combines a lot of divergent kind of loves, you know, be technology, public interest, social good, um, and, you know, the the kind of uh, old adage about being the change you want to see in the world. I'd say, um, you know, I'd ask you to check us out. Uh, we 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 want to be on this edge of innovation. We want to be part of the civic technology, you know, the broader civic technology community, and and uh, we're even kind of working with, with our, you know, within the field to help establish you know, this this idea of public sector data science is something that's uh, uh, a greater emphasis uh, in our field and, and, and throughout society. So uh, if you're interested in this programs, if you're interested in uh, the type of advocacy and, and career paths, uh, we really feel, you know, from our research that this is going to be a data literacy, data competency, the ubiquity of data technologies and information sciences is, is something that, you know, Change has been coming; it's accelerating. It's it's going to be a useful skill that is going to serve you well. And and uh, and if you're really looking to be on the edge, uh, you know, the tip of the spear when it comes to public service and towards improving society, we think this is going to be, you know, one of the most direct paths to to being, uh, you know, in that kind of new reality. So please don't hesitate to reach out. We're really happy to answer your questions, and uh, I'm really happy to to talk with you and uh, And I appreciate the opportunity to being able to to talk with you and and have your ear here today.
0: You can follow us on Twitter using the handle at Civic Tech Chat. Visit us on the web at civictech.chat or subscribe to us for content updates wherever it is you download your podcasts.